I'm just gonna get started then. Okay. Good? All right. I have with us today, Shonda McDill from the Heinz Endowments. Shonda, what we want to do with this iteration of the season of the Genesis Collective podcast is to make sure that funders and artists or art organizations can connect. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization, a little bit about yourself, and really why should they care that the Heinz and Downs exist? Well, one, I want to thank you for having me. I mean, I really value any opportunity to just reach out and explain what opportunities are available for artists and arts organizations. And I know you value that as well and, and really just appreciate all the work you're doing through the Genesis Collective. Well, for nearly 140 years, the Heinz family has been a key business and philanthropic leader in Pittsburgh. The Heinz Endowments is among the 50- This is Pamela Rossi Keene, the director of the Genesis Collective, and you're listening to the Genesis Collective podcast. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad to have you here this evening. I am so excited. This has been in our vision at the Genesis Collective for months and months, and we are behind the push for artists in Beaver County. Shonda, we're in Beaver County. It looks very different from other areas that you're funding. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization, a little bit about yourself, and really why should they care that the Heinz Endowments exist? So just in terms of the Heinz Endowments, um, for nearly 140 years, the Heinz family has been a key business and philanthropic leader uh, in Pittsburgh and the Southwest Pennsylvania region. (laughs) Tongue twister. Um, Well, as we know it today, it was formed in 2007. It was two separate foundations. And so they merged um, their individual charitable organizations into one, which formed the Heinz Endowments. The Heinz Endowments is among the 50 largest philanthropic organizations in the United States. And we distribute approximately $70 million in grants annually. And I really use the we lightly because not too long ago, I was an artist applying for some of the same grants that I currently manage. And I think that's important to state because all of a sudden now I work in philanthropy and I'm on the other side of the table, but there is a learning curve. There's a different understanding. There are power shifts. But at the end of the day, what I like to tell people is, you know, this is the Heinz family's money, you know, it's, it, mm-hmm. and it's always just up to one person who's working yeah. at a foundation to make decisions. And so although the work of artists is deeply personal and oftentimes, you know, that's felt in the conversations. And while I also acknowledge the power dynamic that exists in philanthropic mm-hmm. organizations and the ways in which we don't often appropriately dismantle those things. Um, mm-hmm. I do have to say, I show up every day to work like everyone else. I do the best that I can with the things that yeah. I'm required to do. And I try to work authentically and I try to make sure that I provide opportunities for those who don't traditionally have them because I was once that person. And I am still that person. I just have access to more, which really is the definition of privilege, right? Um So in terms of me, I'm from Long Island. I moved to Pittsburgh in 2010 to work at the August Wilson Center. My background was primarily in nonprofit management and programming. Helped to produce the first Black Dance Festival in Pittsburgh at the August Wilson Center and did a host of other things. But my background is in theater. Um, That's what I'm trained in, theater management. My husband's from Homewood. I married into four bonus kids. They are all in Pittsburgh (laughs) public schools. You know, a a whole person, as we all are. 
dealing with the complexities of life. I also am the founder of the Damascus Theater Collective. So I also want to bring in that I continue my practice, even though I'm a program officer. And Uh we actually have an opera that is premiering at the August Wilson Center in just a little less than a month. So it is- Okay. Yeah, it will be the first time that a Black woman ever starred in this role as a featured singer in this opera by Missy Mazzoli called Song from the Uproar. So we are out here trying to make history in the best way we can through our artistic productions as well. I love that. I mean, I've had this sense just having a few conversations with you that you're you're accessible because you understand what the artist is is going through and what they need. And I've appreciated that. But I'm going to bet that a lot of artists don't even know, like, what is a philanthropic organization? (laughs) Seriously, I mean, it's so I mean, as an organization leader right now, who's always asking for money from philanthropic organizations, I'm getting a crash course. But a lot of artists or even organizational founders, they don't even know. Like what? Why? Why? So somewhere along the line, wealthy people had money that they invested. The interest of that money, you know, there's an amount that you really need to give away for your own well-being as a person who, you know, has a certain amount of wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, Once that wealth is accumulated, the interest is often distributed as philanthropic dollars. And there's many ways that organizations come together and many ways Mm -hmm. that different foundations or charitable organizations are founded. But right now, what we are able to do with the endowments is to distribute kind of the interest on the wealth of the Heinz family to artists and organizations. And that family and those family members have set up priorities in conjunction with the staff at the Heinz endowments that they want to donate toward. And so Mm -hmm. the Heinz endowments right now focuses on three primary areas. That's creativity, that's mm-hmm. earning and sustainability. Okay. Um, sustainability okay. is more like how we help society to function in a sustainable way in perpetuity by investing in its people and its places and things. So sustainability mm-hmm. is kind of like around that. They deal a lot mm-hmm. with housing, displacement, food, okay. deserts, funding, you know, coalitions and, and um, things like that that help help people survive and to, to yeah. survive. learning is as it is. It's very much dealing with educational opportunities in the city and uh, creativity um, focuses on arts and culture organizations. And so it's a three pronged approach and we try to be as cross programmatic as possible. <laughs> you know, just to kind of answer that question, the reality is I remember as an artist, if you don't come from wealth, one, you're lucky if you can sustain a career in the arts. And then if you are able to sustain it, you need support. And sometimes you don't know how to raise it from individuals, or sometimes you don't know how you're going to, you just giving out your own pocket to get your art exactly. done. You're doing yeah. the best you can with what you have. And sometimes even in that, we don't realize that we're donating to ourselves as our own charitable organizations. So <laughs> I remember my tax person one year telling me, Shonda, you need to write a thank you letter to yourself and put it in with your taxes because this is a write-off. Donated in one year because we don't think of it, right? You're just going to get the chips for the meeting and you're going to get the pizza and you're going (laughs) to get the the stock paper to write on and the markers. But if you add all that up over a year, sometimes you spent over $10,000 just by picking up little things to keep your artwork going. And that has nothing to do with supplies, renting spaces, paying, you know, having to go to a meeting somewhere and you got to buy an outfit, all these things that really 
people with business acumen write off all the time and understand sure. how the system works, right? But yeah. authors often don't understand this. So in short, what I will say is, I think why philanthropy is important is because there are people who want to donate toward what you are doing. And yeah. therefore it is about making sure you connect with those foundations and those people to have the opportunity to get the funds. Oftentimes they come with their own set of outcomes that the foundation is seeking to have, yeah. see in community. And if those things don't align, then it's probably not best for you to take those funds. But okay. if they align with what you're trying to do and they say that this is what it is that they're trying to see in community and you feel as an artist or an arts organization or a cultural organization that you actually do that work on a daily basis, I think it behooves you to try to apply and get involved and get access to the funds that are available to help you in your work. And how am I going to do that? So I am a painter or a singer and I'm hanging out in Ambridge or Aliquippa and I'm not in the city. We don't really have an arts economy. Um, I want to make this my full-time gig. I don't know how to do that, but but you're telling me that there's money available. So how, how am I to access you, the funds? What do I do next? So I always say go to the website if you have mm-hmm. access to broadband or can get to a library. Yeah or can connect with someone or on your phone. I mean, we talk about access, but almost everybody I know has a cell phone. You know, go on and you can access, at least on Heinz's site, something that my colleagues helped to develop, which is an LOI. You could go on and say, I have this idea. You literally can fill out a 10 minute form that says, I do this thing, I'm a painter. This is what I paint. And it generates an email that everyone on our staff gets. We review it. And then you may be invited to move to a second phase where you would complete an application, right? One way, it's just that simple. In another way, I think it's more complicated, right? So part of the cracking the philanthropic nut, I think, is one, program officers being accessible. You know, it is my job, I think, to find opportunities to align what we say we want and find the artists and the organizations that are doing it and build those relationships. The way philanthropy traditionally works is I get this job, I sit comfortably on the 30th floor downtown, and if Uh someone calls me on the email, we connect. And if not, I kind of keep funding the things that get funded because there are multitude of opportunities to fund period. So use the LOI, go on the websites of these foundations, find out what their mission, their vision is. If you align, fill out whatever open form they have online just to begin the conversation. They usually have a system in place because it makes it easier for them to manage. And if not, usually the the staff is on there with emails. Email someone. I'm this artist. I'm in Beaver County. I'm in this place. I'm wherever. I do this work. Can we just meet for 15 minutes? Can we meet for a half an hour for coffee just to talk about it? I would hope that the answer would be yes. Well, I have to say that's rare. The Heinz Endowment's opportunity to go on there and pitch your idea, that's very different from other organizations that I have interfaced with. Um, So I really appreciate that, that you're open not to, well, today we're going to fund one-legged ponies who have been through a circus trip, you know, and I mean, who fits that? And it's hard. It's hard to find your niche. But when you're able to say, I have a niche and I think you should fund it, that's really cool. And the other thing that you mentioned is that is accessibility. Just email somebody. This is something I learned. And, you know, we're pretty new. We're, we just finished a year of, of work at the Genesis Collective. But there are people on the other side of these applications. They are human beings. 
would you like to read this proposal? Can you explain your project to your mom in a way that she understands it? And if, if it is so abstract and muddy that your mom isn't getting it, then Shonda might not be either because it's not clear. So, And you don't um, have to become what we want. So I always feel like it's both. And like, if you get 500 words to explain, use 250 to be as abstract and ephemeral, however you want to say, but Uh use 250 to say, you might not understand what I just said. So let me (laughs) break it down like this. And then get to your 500 words that way. I don't think it's always necessary. And I think it's actually a terrible idea to bend to make yourself fit into what an organization wants. Although I understand when you, when there's scarcity, you do what you have to do. If your family's hungry, your husband, your kids, you're going to find a way. But what I also think is there's a way to show up authentically. And typically because at least in my instance, mostly other artists and your colleagues are reading those applications and making those decisions that I rarely overturn unless Uh I see an injustice. You're talking to people who know, right? So if you tell me you need $5,000 to take one picture, the colleagues that also take those pictures are going to be like, it don't cost (laughs) $5,000. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that has nothing to do with anything. That's not anything other than you being authentic in the way you present what you do and what you are trying to achieve. Yeah, that's good. So you mentioned individual artists and you mentioned arts organizations. Can you tell me what are you looking for in either one of those? The criteria that's developed at Heinz in terms of individual artists and the programs that we currently have, I would say first are in flux. We were doing a strategic refresh right now that we're coming to the end of. We've been in this phase for a few years Um, trying to make sure that what we are trying to achieve aligns with the ultimate goal at Heinz. And that's all very tricky work for anyone who's ever done that kind of work. But for individual artists right now, we just were granted permission by the IRS to fund individual artists. For many, many years, Heinz was not able to. The program that's managed by Janice Sarbar on my staff and uh, Cindy Stuber, they are in charge of the Creative Development Awards. Um, There are specific criteria in terms of what that is looking for. Usually those grants are given to artists who are looking to, for catalytic opportunities. They're changing a medium. They have some plan that they, you know, could really be life-changing in terms of their profession um, Mm -hmm. or their career development. But generally that award is set aside for for that, for, for artists who are looking to really challenge themselves and it's meant to support their professional development, to support career advancement and incentivize like creative partnerships among artists and local cultural organizations. That's really the support we provide to individuals is through that. Okay. And what you said at the end about partnerships, I know just having, I've only applied as an organization that seems to resonate with funders. Look, here's our network. We are we have trusting relationships with all of these other entities that are building creativity and building communities. Is that the same when you're looking at an individual artist application? Is it good to have is it okay to go rogue just, you know, I'm a lone wolf or do you want to see that collaboration which will be more successful generally? I'm going to answer this kind of like logically and then philosophically, you know, just in terms of just the flat out answer to that. I think the reason why that collaboration piece is in there is because we do 
fund residencies. If you are applying as an individual artist for a residency, then one of the things we anticipate is that you all will be able to work together and that that organization will understand the needs of the artist and the artist will make sure, which often they do not do, they are advocating for themselves to get what they need to best perform, produce, develop. Okay. So that's number one. That is not the case in all of those awards. Individual artists that apply that are not necessarily in a residency, I think they focus on the three out of the four other aspects, which is, is this advancing my career individually? Is this helping to elevate me in some way in the region? Is this, you know, helping me in terms of my professional development? So in that segment of individual funding, it is not required that you partner with anyone but there mm-hmm. are opportunities for residencies that oftentimes artists want. And in that case, there is this feeling of, is everyone getting what they need, right? So that okay. no one is exploited or taken advantage of, or just simply not achieving what they want because there's a lack of clarity. Philosophically, really quickly, I will say, no one is getting to this alone. <laughs> no one is doing what you need to do alone. Yeah. Even if you're a painter and you're in a room by yourself in the dark, doing it. Someone made the match you painting on. Someone made the color and the hue that you are using. Someone built that paintbrush, uh-huh. right? Your mama made your fingers if you use your hands. <laughs> so nobody okay. is, no, philosophically, none of us are operating in a silo, right? And yeah. so I think what we need to understand more than anything is it requires... Uh, And I've heard this from many places. Many people are attributed. Michelle McMurray at the Pittsburgh Foundation. There's another gentleman who this is attributed to. But what we all know is it takes more than money to get where we need to go. And that often means other resources, relationships, you know, space. So having said all that, what I would say is part of the reason we say please work together is because we understand there is only a limited amount of money that we have to distribute. And we're hoping that in some way, those seeds that are planted are going to benefit more than just one individual. We are aiming to do is have a region where artists feel like they can come. And that requires more than just money for people to produce art. Yeah, this is good. So be realistic about your network. You are not Michelangelo alone. (laughs) And he wasn't alone. He was in somebody's building, right? That wasn't his, that wasn't, you know, that somebody made whatever he was chipping, but you know, no one's alone. And he also hoped people would see it. He wasn't just making it so he could look at it in his house. Yeah. I think be realistic and more than realistic, like be optimistic about the resources that you have around you that you may not have already tapped into. And do not think that the all powerful foundations are going to solve or somehow just be the sole catapult to your career development. You could give people a lot of money and that still won't make them an artist just because they say they are, you know what I'm saying? Or just won't make them develop in the way that they want just because you give them money. So I want to ask about that because one of the, this is my last question and it has two parts. So I'm going to sneak that in. (laughs) Um, How do you in Pittsburgh and, you know, you're talking about network and every artist, every human being gets where they are because of whether it's good or bad relationships with other people. That is true. Where we are in Beaver County is very suburban or rural. And what I say when I'm, pitching our organization to funders is we don't have a cultural trust. We're trying. That's what we're building. But when you're looking at applications from Beaver County and you're talking about your priorities from where you are, 
you know, from from your experience and you're working in the city and you're funding mostly the city. How are you looking at surrounding communities, surrounding counties that aren't urban, that don't have that that network? Is there a way we can communicate the difference? Because I've had this issue. I've had this trouble like, dude, I can't ask people that. That would be rude here. (laughs) It's like a different language speaking the same language. And I'm wondering how you account for that. Well, I think it's the irony of your saying developing a cultural trust, right? Because there's for a long time the cultural trust had this term trust culture. And I, you know, I used to work there, full disclosure. I was the director of PR for many years. And so oh. that's that's family. I don't have a problem with the yeah. cultural trust, you know, any more than any kind of feedback I would give to an organization. But my point is I used to often be asked when I was promoting trust culture, like, but trust whose culture? Because the culture in Beaver County is different than the culture in Westmoreland. It's different than the culture in downtown Pittsburgh, right? And also, I always tell people, I'm, I'm getting to your question, but I always tell people to be careful about saying you want a cultural trust because at the end of the day, the cultural trust didn't just happen. The cultural trust was mm-hmm. funded by the, the Heinz Endowments. It was funded and invested in. It was created yeah. with a really specific purpose to generate economic income downtown. Like it wasn't for art for art's sake. It was arts as a catalyst for economic development mm-hmm. in the region. Right. Yeah. So what I really would ask anybody who's saying they want a cultural trust is, no, what really is what you're trying to establish in your area, in your community? Because Mm -hmm. that might not look like utilizing art as the catalyst for economic development for you. It might look like leveraging educational and arts relationships to build a strong youth segment because you have different needs in your community you know, like, I don't know. We we all need funds to be a part of a business district or we're at least told what makes a good community are these things. But yeah. I would really encourage people to determine, don't start with the model, start with what the need is that you feel is going to drive whatever change you want to see. That's number one. Number two, though, I would say it requires investment, right? And it requires the plan and the vision and the investment, which then requires the relationship I do think people on our panels, the artists often get it. I often see them funding a Westmoreland or other places saying, you know what, there's not, they are the amenity out there. You know, there's yeah. five million, you don't get to choose between quantum and public and city theater and this all within this radius. Like that's the theater. That is it. Yes. <laughs> and you might not like their aesthetic and you might not agree with their choices, but should, but is it better for us to fund them and let them evolve and let them do what they know is best for the people they, they serve? Or is it not, we don't give them any money. And I think mm-hmm. that it requires more than just traditional grants making programs. This is the responsibility of the funders to create programs that don't just put an apples to apples comparison of organizations, yeah. but actually says, okay, what is Genesis Collective trying to do in Beaver County? County. And what are the considerations we have to think of that are unique to Beaver County versus what we would expect from someone who is downtown? And that has mm-hmm. to do with can they access artists? Are they retaining artists? It could have to do with the themes and the work that's selected, as you mentioned earlier. There's so many factors. I don't think it's our job in philanthropy to solve for them or to know. It's our job Absolutely. to trust the nice. organizations uh-huh. that are serving and to then 
invest in what they are saying is needed by the people that they serve. I love that. And this is why this notion of first voice and listening and all this is, is critical. Unless you have a foundation that has a very specific vision for what it wants to see. And even when that's the case, my hope, which I know is not true, is that (laughs) I just know it's not always the case that even if you have specific positions and values that somewhere along the line you're talking to the people who are going to be deeply impacted by it to make sure that their needs are met as a part of that plan right okay so I hope that answered the question but yeah well I love that and I am glad to hear that you're not the only person when you say that you know when you're sitting there looking at these applications that there is that realization that theoretical theater in Westmoreland County, that is their theater. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that you can be an artist as a means to your income. And and that can be a sustainable thing here in our region. And that's really our goal. And we have to Um, get beyond even just thinking it's enough to fund that one theater, right? Because this is the point. If you are out someplace, you know, Lawrence County, you only have one theater and you're trying mm -hmm. to get the masses of people to come. Where is there room for experimental? Where is there room for avant-garde? Where is there room for some things that may be cutting edge? We're in a community that really only wants to see this one thing. That has to be granted almost with not only the courage that emanates from the artists, but it has Uh to be supported so that they know if I'm out on a limb doing this thing that's different than people are used to seeing, I'm going to yes. have some backup from somewhere to not have to just give my whole life away to do this work, right? And right. so I think like it requires understanding. I'm still growing trying to understand the region. And yeah. I've always challenged us at Heinz to either say we fund Allegheny County and that's it. Or we're going to have to do the work that I'm told even my boss, Janet, used to do back in the day where we're taking those long trips out to these places to know what is going on so that you see and understand and then can make decisions based on what you actually know and yeah. not you think. That's awesome. And I will buy you coffee if you come to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. What can we do? And this is it. This is the second part of my question. What what can we do to mutually support each other? The Genesis Collective and the Heinz Endowments, as we try to grow art in Beaver County and you you look for opportunities to um, reach artists and support artists in Allegheny and surrounding regions. How can we help each other? Uh, I'm going to give some examples, but it's so hard to say that because, you know, different things are effective at different times. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And sometimes, you know, we may not want people to protest, but that's what's necessary in order to make the change we want to see, right? May not feel comfortable. So it's like hard for me to say this is exactly what people should do in order to Mm -hmm. get this from the Heinz Endowments or to be in partnership. But one of the things I think you're already doing, building bridges of communication where there are opportunities to communicate making sure everyone knows and that then we're putting the responsibility in the hands of both the foundations and the artists to make sure that there is clarity around what is being asked so that, you know, there's more time to understand. You know, most people don't know that you can submit your application, a draft review two weeks ahead of the deadline. And then we would read it and give you feedback. Those things make a big difference, particularly if you've never written a grant before or you've Mm -hmm. never, you know, I think on one of our applications, it says you need to talk to the program officer before you even apply. 
but we have to be held accountable. I think that um, engagement, just like you're doing, I love this podcast. Again, thank you for having me. I think we have to travel to the places, you know, and it's not always comfortable. Again, I'm a whole person. I'm a whole Black woman. Sometimes I'm traveling to places in Pennsylvania and I'm like, I'm the only one. I'm walking into a place where I'm the minority, right? Yeah. And just things that have even transpired sometimes in those environments that's unacceptable but it is the culture where it is and there was art there and there still are people who need to be supported and a whole bunch of people who are not even going to get reached if we don't start doing that work and so I think what Genesis Collective is doing in terms of bringing the artists together and getting clarity about what you want I think that is so if there's one thing that's helpful to me is when I meet with the artists and they say this is what I want to do This is what success looks like for me, because all of that is going to determine how I, if I can help you and what kind of help you need. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think in any partnership, even between artists, it is imperative that everyone know what they need so that when you're coming together to collaborate, you don't compromise that which you most believe in for Mm -hmm. something that you hope to get. I, I, I see you all doing that work and helping artists to understand I hope to be a resource in that way too. Thank you. Thank you. It's a complicated system. And yeah. um, there's many people who feel like the system itself shouldn't exist, right? And that the whole system of philanthropy is unfair. And I just think, let's just come to the table with all the truths. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Let's come with all the truths so then we can find a way forward. And sometimes that truth, like I said, is uncomfortable for some. Sometimes that truth requires a shift in power. Sometimes all those things can be true. And that's what I guess I would depart with is that, in as we all know, in life, multiple things can be true. But one thing that is for sure is that artists do not get their real affirmation, their real power from a check. Your real power, <laughs> your real affirmation, your real strength has nothing to do with who or who doesn't affirm you, whether or not you get a grant or you don't. Because we all know most of the time we're going we're going to keep doing the art we do, whether anyone affirms it or not. Now, there are people who cannot continue to do it because they don't yeah. have funding. And when we start talking about injustice and inequitable funding, that's the role of some people who choose to get inside and help. That's the role of, of artists to lean in on. That's the role of people to put pressure, write, talk, have conversations and try to find a way. For me, and I'm never going to change that, who, whatever I've ever produced, even when I was rejected from some of these same programs I apply to now or manage yeah. now, yeah. It didn't stop me from being knowing that what I wanted to do was great. It was going to contribute to society and was important for people to hear. So yeah. I hope yeah. that people remain encouraged because a lot of times there's factors beyond any of our control for why things are happening. That's true. I appreciate the clear-eyed nature of how you approach this, though. Um, you don't seem siloed to me and you know removed from the work and removed from people. And I appreciate that. Truly. And I hear what you're saying that the artists need to be clear about their goals. They need to be clear in their in their articulation when they're approaching you. You've given some tools that are right on the endowments website. I love that you mentioned you have to check out alignment. You're not going to get money from that one-legged horse farming thing if you're a painter. That's just not <laughs> a part of uh, so. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this again, and I'm sure I'll have some notes for the um, when we post the in the for the notes for the podcast. But I really just appreciate your time and um, and this conversation. Thank you for having me. 
there's so many more people. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. This is going to be a great series and I'm really glad that you're doing it. My email is shondadhines.org. Anyone can All right. email and I'm just excited and I'm excited about the things that we're going to partner and do and I'm not perfect, but I'm passionate. So we'll figure something out. All right. Thanks so much, Shonda. Thank you. Bye. You are listening to a production of the Genesis Collective. Supporting local artists and their work. Making art more accessible. And putting art back into our communities.